welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast with your host, LaToya. This podcast was created as a platform for spreading love. They say love is the strongest magnetic force on the planet Earth. But if this is really true, why is love such a complicated subject matter? Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I created this podcast in honor of my dad, who was an acclaimed television broadcast engineer for nearly four decades. He also hosted an award-winning radio show called Speaking of Sports, which is the inspiration behind the name of this podcast, Speaking of Love. My dad was an amazing guy who achieved levels of success that most people only dream of. He was held in the highest esteem, and yes, he was a star in the public eye. But on March 2nd of 2020, his private struggles became public when he murdered his wife moments before taking his own life. So I created this podcast as a platform for spreading love around the globe while raising awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. My name is LaToya Bond, and I have a podcast called Speaking of Love. My podcast is dedicated to the memory of my dad who took his own life in a murder-suicide. Aside from that, I am a business owner. I have a home-based business. I am also a legal professional during my nine-to-five day, and I am a person who operates her entire life on the premise of spreading love. It's the secret to my success. It's the secret to my longevity on this earth. And it's what keeps us going because love is the thing that makes all things beautiful. So that's why I'm here today to talk about my favorite subject in the whole wide world, and that's love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast. I am your host, LaToya, and I am so here today Happy to see everyone, uh, it's Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. So this has been a very busy month for me and I appreciate my beautiful guest here today. She is originally, originally from Jamaica, but she is here live streaming with us right now from Canada, Winnebago, correct? Winnipeg. Corel <laughs> <laughs> Richards, welcome. Thank you for having me. And that was a beautiful video, by the way. Just figured I'd give you some feedback. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I put everything together myself and it's very heartfelt. So I want to introduce you formally. Uh, the My beautiful guest, Corel, is a dynamic and creative individual with a wealth of knowledge and, and experience, having worked in multiple service industries in the last 14 years. One of the biggest lessons she's learned in those years was the importance of mental health and how unhealed trauma 
can keep you stuck and away from the life that you've dreamed of. So in 2021, after completing her training with the Marissa Peer to become a hypotherapist and a rapid transformational therapist practitioner, she founded the company in Divine Time Transformational Services. Her mission is to help clients with complex childhood traumas break down the barriers and release unhealthy habits and patterns to rediscover freedom and also to have a peace of mind. Her goal is to get you excited about life again by empowering you with a fresh perspective. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. You're reading it to me. I'm like, is that really me? Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, it's you. So talk to us, Karel. What where did this begin for you? Talk to me about your early years and your journey of life and how you ended up with this dynamic career that you have. Wow. Um, I'm gonna make it as short as possible. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we can start off about your early years as a child. Like what was life like for you growing up? You know, it's funny when people ask me that question, the first thought that comes to mind and also a picture that comes to mind is just how much fun I had, how life was just so exciting. You know, I was just I was traveling at a young age, just having experiences, just I had many opportunities. But the part of me that I didn't recognize because I think I pushed it away because that was the only way that I thought I could survive. You know, those part of me, the, the pain, the trauma, the abandonment, the rejections those put me in a space where I was numb to my feelings, right? Mm. So I was just going through life. I, I think I really had a very great experience in terms of just the adventures that I could go on, but were they really impacting me the way that I would have loved for them to? Not necessarily because I wasn't really living in the present moment. I was always kind of just in my head and just out of my body. And you you know, when you're living in your head, you, you aren't really necessarily getting the full experience of life so it wasn't until i experienced a death in the family about i would say four or five years ago yeah four years ago i started crying like i wasn't a crier before i was always just the strong woman just not willing to show my emotions i didn't want anyone to see you know that they could get the best of me but when i lost that family member and, and it was just out of the blue. It just shook me up so much that I started crying that night when I got back to Canada because I had visited Jamaica. And when I got back and I heard that she passed, it kind of just woke me up. Like, I don't know if it was just that I wasn't living to my full experience. But when she passed, I started crying and I couldn't stop. Mm. And I didn't stop for a while. So when your family member passed away, who was the family member? It was a cousin of mine. We were pretty close. You know, I, I introduced her to the, the work world of working online, you know, because mm. even though I lived in Jamaica, most of the clients that I worked with predominantly were in the States. So I introduced her to that life. And in introducing her to that life, that brought us, us pretty close. So when I went back home after leaving Jamaica in 2015, and that being the experience, I was like, okay, something has to change because I'm not really living the full experience, even though from the outside in, it may have appeared that way, but internally, my, my internal world was just in shambles. Mm. 
So you turn that into a greater purpose by sharing your life with the world. So talk to us about the inspiration. Like at what moment did you know you wanted to turn your pain into triumph, so to speak? Uh, the moment, it's so funny. That moment was through a heartbreak. You know, we don't recognize that we are adding to the heartbreak that we are experiencing. And it wasn't until a friend of mine just kind of pulled me out of my own world, you know, of that victimhood of, oh, it's this person's fault. They did this. They didn't, you know, they didn't honor me the way that I wanted to be honored. And I gave her a scenario. And when she heard the scenario, she's like, Karel, he didn't necessarily do anything. You were the one that just got up and left and never said anything. And I was like, what? <laughs> and this is a friend of mine, so I trust her words. And it got me thinking about from what perspective have I been living? Mm. You know, how have I been perceiving life? Right. Yeah. And that the kind of just... Of. Yeah. yeah. It changes the reality. It's all on how you perceive it. So if you perceive it as this terrible heartbreak and he did this or that, it can definitely condition your mind to thinking something that's not even real. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, it, you start questioning, why is it that you perceive things the way that you do? You know, I always went from a space of, you know, the negative. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, the person is doing this. They don't. And it always seemed to be personalized one, you know, so when they would do something and I would make it mean something about me. And I'm like, no, sitting here having this conversation, I know why I did that. But mm -hmm. at the moment, that's kind of when I started to dive deep into what was really going on with me and just actually owning the experiences that I've had, good, bad, and ugly, and also kind of looking at it with a different pair of eyes versus the trauma eyes that I've always had, or, you know, the perspective, the perception of it, me being um, the victim. So I mm -hmm. changed my perspective altogether. So you're a hypnotherapist. Talk to me about that. What does that entail? Uh, so hypnotherapy, it's very similar to a trance. Um, it may seem scary at first, but if you picture being at point A and somehow within 20, 30 minutes, you get to point B and you don't even know how you got to point B. That's mm. basically what hypnosis is. It's really just a trance. It's you calming your conscious mind to access your subconscious mind. And in accessing mm -hmm. the subconscious mind, you actually get a blueprint or you get to see the beliefs that you have running in the back of your mind, those beliefs that you have about yourself. You know, Take, for instance, one of the beliefs that I had was that I wasn't enough, just the way that I was, right? So I would walk around with a mask, you know, putting on this act to be this person that the truth is I wasn't, right? And it's because I didn't feel like being me, showing up as me was enough. So I had to actually, you know, step into one being the hypnotherapist and actually also going to sessions myself because it's through, it's so funny, through having these sessions with my clients i'm also healing parts of myself while they're healing right it's like an exchange because you get to yes see parts of yourself and the people that you're interacting with and it's just so powerful mm. wow wow so what is the benefit of hypnotherapy because i know for example i i'm related to a lady who 
She provides hypnotherapy services to people who have phobia. So like for me, my biggest phobia and fear in life is mice. I am a terrified of mice. I'm afraid of them. And I know he helped a young lady who was had a fear of flying, but mm-hmm. the lady had to take a flight somewhere. So she was able to give her hypnotherapy to help her get through the four hour flight from Detroit to Las Vegas. So how do you, what's the benefit of that? The benefit, and that's the thing, you have to find what works for you, right? Traditional therapy, traditional talk therapy, psychotherapy didn't necessarily work for me because I always knew what my problems were, what my issues were. It was just, I think what people don't understand that the version of you today is not really the one that is having the issue. It's it's the it's the younger version of you. So what right. therapy does, it gives you access to that little girl who started believing these things about herself. So take, for instance, the fear of mice for you. We go back to a couple of scenes that gave you that belief, you know, and what we do is we examine those scenes because as children, we are so, the world is an extension of us, right? So anything that we see and experience, we're thinking, and we actually make it mean something about us. So what I would do in a session with you is actually go back to a couple of scenes to see, okay, where is this fear coming from? And what is at the root of that fear and what belief you have running mm-hmm. in the subconscious mind as to why you fear these mice? Or mm-hmm. if, if, for instance, the person that is afraid of flights or, or flying, what is causing them to believe that being on a plane or being around mice is something to be afraid of? It is. <laughs> Sure, sure. It doesn't. So it's one reframing those thoughts. And it's first, even so, before I get to reframing, it's understanding where those thoughts came from, where those beliefs came from. And once you understand, it gives you this power that you just want to change that belief because you know it's not working for you today. So you're like, okay, well, it worked for me back then because I needed to feel safe back then. You know, I needed to survive back then. But today, it's actually keeping me stuck from what I want to do. So we're going to reframe it to mean something different. And actually, it means nothing about me. So then we release that thought and actually are able to, you know, transform your life. And the things that used to be a a hindrance to you no longer are a hindrance for you. Mm, Yeah, I agree with that. So you also have a deep interest in helping people recover from childhood trauma. Yes. Talk to us about that, Corel. Um, having experienced a lot of trauma, and I'm going to be very transparent with you in terms of trauma isn't necessarily the event that you're experiencing, but it's actually the interpretation, which when we were talking about, you know, the mice or the plane, it's not because you probably was on a plane or you saw a mice, it's the interpretation. So what did I have it mean about me? So take, for instance, for me, I remember my dad relocating to the States when I was about two. And my dad was everything to me. And I share this story often. He was everything to me, but nobody explained to me why he was leaving. I now know today that he was leaving for a better life, but at two, you don't know what's happening in the world. So you know you need a meaning because that's just how the mind works. So you give it a meaning and you perceive it as whatever you feel. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling icky. I don't feel good. So I'm like, okay, I don't feel good. 
so if I don't feel good, that means something must be wrong with me. And if something is wrong with me, him leaving means that he's rejecting me. And mm. that's the belief that was running in my head for a very long time that my dad rejected me because he wouldn't turn around to say bye to me. And I now know that he wasn't able to turn around and say goodbye to me because he would have never gone on the plane if he did, because he was so close to us, you know, he would have never left. So he chose to not turn around. And I read that as him rejecting me. Right. So that's how you change the perspective because you know how right. meaning, right. the actual meaning, not the perceived meaning that you came up as a child. You came up with as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I understand. I get that. And I can and I can see it from both perspectives. I can see it from your perspective and then from your dad being a man, having to walk away from his children, what that must have felt like for him. You know, so you, yeah. you get that level of compassion. So for a long time, I was very resentful towards him. And we, we have this conversation often. You know, I was very angry for a very long time. And it's him telling me these parts, his parts, because you only have your part. So when he, you get the additional part to the story, it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. But at two, it didn't, right? Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. Nobody said anything. So you start to create your own stories. So I use my experiences and I've seen how we're telling ourselves narratives, stories that may seem true or feel true because it's been the story for so long that we no longer question it to be like, okay, well, is it relevant to today? Mm -hmm. The truth is sometimes it's not, sometimes it is. But mm -hmm. you have to question that the stories that you tell and this is the, the service that I provide is, okay, giving you the chance not to relive the event, but to see it with fresh eyes, see with eyes of an older person, not the eyes of the, the two-year-old or the seven-year-old, but giving you the chance to change the perspective or the perception that you had at that age, at, which is at the root of whatever symptom that you're having, because most of the things that we're experiencing are just symptoms. Yeah. So can you give us a breakthrough moment that you experienced maybe with one of your clients? Yeah. Um. So I've worked with a couple of clients that have experienced sexual assault at, young, at very young ages. So I'm not sure if most people would know this, but when you've experienced sexual assault, that alters your identity. You no longer know who you are. You sit in the space of shame and guilt. And I had one client in particular that I worked with, um, started working with her in January. Um, turns out that she does experience complex PTSD, which is childhood trauma. And just her interpretation of what had happened with her and her dad, you know, she thought one, it was her, her fault, and she felt really guilty about it because she's like, well, what did I do to deserve this? And at the same time, too, she had no one to speak to about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's been just pushed down all these years. And it just so happens that that was showing up in her relationships because she was choosing men that were just like her dad. And they were very narcissistic, very abusive. And she just couldn't understand why she kept choosing the same men. So um, we went to a couple of scenes and of course the, the, the abuse came up and just other situations that kind of tied to, you know, her feeling of guilt and shame and we released the guilt and shame. And eventually she had a better understanding that this wasn't in, this wasn't her fault. 
you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're seven years old, like the person that's supposed to be loving you, protecting you, finding some significance in you is actually doing the opposite. Right. And I had to actually just guide her through because the thing is, I'm just the facilitator. Everything mm -hmm. that you're doing is really on you. I'm just getting the information from you to just, you know, navigate to a better outcome versus the outcome that you've always kind of just, you know, gravitated to. Because the mind wants to stick to what's familiar versus what is unfamiliar. So we had to make uh, abuse, sexual assault, very much unfamiliar for her through the sessions. And she's working on actually putting boundaries in place for herself. And I mean, mm -hmm. she may not be in a successful relationship now, but she's actually more enthusiastic about getting into a better relationship now than the ones that she was attracting before. Wow, that's beautiful. And in essence, by doing so, you're helping to preserve her life because you can't live a pretty healthy or quality life when you're hampered by your past and trauma and things of that nature. So I'm so happy that you came here, Carell, because I love interviewing people like you who dedicate their lives to enhancing the lives of other people. That's what this platform is all about. And you're helping to save people. We all have been through traumatic situations in our lives and we're just trying to navigate our way through childhood traumas and pain and rejection and disappointments. It's all a part of the human experience, but we need help to get through it. Absolutely. So thank you, Carell, for what you do. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you. What do you love most about what you're doing right now in your life? It feels real. It feels genuine. It feels authentic. It feels like this is what I was brought here to do. Mm -hmm. I remember <laughs> I remember doing a, a vision board party a couple of years ago and I noticed everybody was putting houses, cars, you know, and I'm just like, I need something a little bit more, you know, with substance. And I remember sitting there, I said, I just want to leave an impact. I want to leave people inspired. I want people to know that the life that they want is in their reach right? There are things keeping you stuck and you can work through those things. But ultimately, what you want is in your reach. You just have to do the work. And even though the work can get really tough, <laughs> it's really worth it in the end. Like I know what it is to push back and be like, look, this is a little bit too much for me right now. Mm -hmm. I would rather not. But the mm -hmm. truth is, is the life that you're living right now, is it serving you? And the answer, you got to be honest with yourself. It's not. It is not. So what's the point of being here if you're not going to live the life you want? Yeah. I yeah. mean, <laughs> what's the yeah. point? What's the point? You know, speaking of living a life, I am a suicide prevention and awareness advocate. September is Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. And this work, I have been working, this month I have been working with people from all different walks of life who have lost someone to suicide. So Carell, if there's anyone watching right now or listening and they may be struggling with suicidal thoughts, they may feel like, hmm, what's the point of living? I don't, I don't wanna do this anymore. What words of encouragement would you offer someone who may be depressed or feeling suicidal right now? It may not feel like it right now in this moment, but 
something greater than you, something greater than that job, something greater than that ex, something greater than your mom, your dad, your sister, your uncle. I could name everyone. Something greater than all of us wanted you here. Mm-hmm. And you are here for a reason. I mean, the reason may not be right in front of you right now, but you're here for a reason. And it's just mm-hmm. digging a little bit deeper to get rid of all that muck, all that mess that is keep preventing you from seeing that there is help, there's support, there's people out there like myself that want to help, that desire to help because we are communal people, right? Mm-hmm. We want to see each other succeed. Don't let the narrative out there that tells you otherwise we want each other to succeed. We want each other to be happy. And however we can do that together, collaborating, just reach out for help because there are people that really want to help you through this really tough time. I like that, Carell. I like the way you're encouraging the person to reach out, get help, because people look at you, people like you and people like me, as we're lifesavers. But no, we're not lifesavers. We cannot save anyone's life but we can help them save their own life. So exactly. what that what that means is we need them to participate with us and be willing to get the help. So yeah. please step out, get the help, reach out, call 988. They have a new hotline established, just like you dial 911 in an emergency. You can now dial 988 the suicide lifeline number. There are trained professionals there 24 hours a day who can help you who can participate with you. They're not the lifesavers, but they can help you save your life. But we need you to help us do it. Is that correct, Carell? Absolutely. Show up. There's always going to be someone that's going to support you. I know the thoughts may tell you otherwise, but there's someone that really does want to show up for you. You just need Mm -hmm. to show up and let somebody know. And if they don't want to call the suicide hotline, they can reach out to me. I'm on all social media platforms. They can reach out to Corel. We're going to get Corel's contact information um, on the screen here in just a moment. But I do want to go a little bit further with our interview, Corel. And um, I want to talk a little about the subject of love. This podcast is called Speaking of Love. And, you know, when my father passed away, I, I wanted to create a platform to honor him. My father loved radio TV broadcasting at every um, event that we attended. He was always the first person to go up and make opening remarks, closing remarks. He wasn't afraid to speak in front of people. And he had a radio show many years ago. And the radio show was an award-winning radio show, WGPR in Detroit. And the show was called Speaking of Sports. Well, when he passed away, I thought, I can't create a show called Speaking of Sports because I don't know anything about sports. So I thought, hmm, speaking of love, because I I do feel like I know a little something about love. So the million dollar question, (laughs) Corel, that I ask all of my guests who sit before me is how do you define love, Corel? What's your definition? Let me just first add, I love love. Uh, it's, It's the one thing that is continuous. Mm-hmm. There's no end for love. Love always exists. It will always exist. For me, love is acceptance, not just mm-hmm. self-acceptance, but just acceptance in general. Like we all have our stuff. I, I got this analogy the other day. We have all a basket and in that basket, we have all our mess or traumas or experiences. It's in 
meeting and understanding and being aware of these messy things and transforming them into a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. There's so much joy. There's so much love in that. The closer that you can get to accepting those parts of yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that for me is love. It's authenticity. Mm -hmm. It's just sitting in your power. As I mentioned earlier, something greater than myself, you and everybody else wanting me here and wanting me here to be my authentic self, whatever that is. And the closer I get to that, that for me is love. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love hearing the different definitions of love. And they're all, there's no right or wrong answer. I just, I love it. We have people watching us today, Karel. I'm going to show some of the comments that we're getting from our audience. Okay. We have Prathipa Day. Hi, Prathipa. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's her and her boyfriend. Lovely. Um, yeah, she's one of my sisters. I had her here on my show. She's been on twice before. So she and I have really developed a bond. Right. And we have my girlfriend, Jerry, all the way from, I think she's in Alabama. I met Jerry through a painting class that she and I took virtually. So she's tuning in today. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Um, we have great to keep those bonds, you know? <laughs> yes. And we have someone here from my YouTube channel, uh, 100% True. They said, hey, ladies. Hey. And then we have another one of my friends here, Kyle Day. And he says this is a nice platform. And then we also have Keith Carter Jr. He has a, a question here. Uh, let's read it together, uh, Carell. Allowing your past experiences that were full of pain and hurt can impact your choices in your future as far as a relationship and other things in your life. So I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think the thing is we, we focus so much also on the pain and the, 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 I would say the negative aspects that it can bring into our lives, but we don't understand as well that it brings positive aspects as well. Right. Um, I can definitely say that through my experiences, it made me very, very much in tune with myself and other people. So it allowed me to do well at the job that I do today, or I don't even call it a job. It's more of a, an experience, an additional experience. So, you know, you can actually dig a little bit deeper into those pains, those traumas, and you can find, you know, the value and as to why you even show up the way you show up at work, why you show up the way that you show up, you know, um, with your, your circle, it really is up to you to um, just find the, the the great stuff that can come from that pain because you can turn your pain into power. Oh, I don't know if I lost you. <laughs> Did I lose you?
Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Welcome oh back. <laughs> oh, I do not know what happened there. I am so, I was freaking out over here. So we're back live, right? Yes, it does say okay. we're live. Uh, okay, I'm back. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Jerry. I sure was. Okay. So, uh -oh. interview, I think we were talking about the comments from our, from our audience yes. members here. Okay, so can you? Uh oh, you're cutting out again. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Okay, you're cutting out. Can you hear me now? Corral? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Karel. Me? <laughs> You're cutting out, but I can hear you. You're just in and out. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and give us your uh, feedback on this comment here. Okay. So, yeah, uh, what I was saying essentially is that even though we've all experienced pain and there's, there's no human experience that is going to happen without pain and hurt, right? It's just how do you transform that pain into power, right? So for a lot of people, they use the pain that they've experienced and they turn it into a coping mechanism, right? And I'm not saying that's the healthiest way. And sometimes I wonder, you know, even the high-powered business owners, they pour so much into their business because that is a way for them to cope. Right. And they mm. sometimes forget about themselves because they're no longer feeling they're most more so just, you know, going with logics that they forget about getting out of their head and getting right back into their body. So what I've recognized is that there are a lot of people that are coping just to get through life, just to survive. But if you ever want to truly thrive in life or strive in life, you have to be able to deal with what is really causing you that pain and no longer giving it that power instead of taking your power back from that pain. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. Thank you, Keith, for your comment. Thank and you. um, we have a few more comments here. It looks like uh, it was Jerry just letting me know that, that we lost <laughs> Latoya. <Okay>. Is <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. I'm back now. Hopefully I'll be on for a moment. Yeah, so, you back. <laughs> yes, my back. Thank God. So, uh, Karel, I want to put your contact information here. If anyone watching today would like to connect with you for your services, how do they reach out to you? Uh, well, they can find me on Instagram as well as my website. So, on Instagram, it's in divine time, and that's I N D I V I N E T H Y M E. Um, and my website is in divine time.com or .ca. T Y M E? T H Y M E. Okay. In divine time.com. Yes. com. Okay, I'm going to post that here okay. so that everyone can see it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> 
Okay, perfect. And DivineTime.com is where you can reach Corel Richards. Uh, Corel, before we go, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience today? Show up. You know, show up in your power and your power is everything that you are. All the things that you think you're not, you can you can release those things. Everything that everybody else has told you, those thoughts that have somehow turned into your thoughts, release them. You know mm. who is truly you. Own that. Honor that. That part is the truth. Wow. That's amazing. You know, Corel, I look at you and I admire truly what you have accomplished and what you have done to give back to the world. You know, your the things that we do in service is the rent that we pay for occupying our space here on earth. And that's what you're doing. And I appreciate you. Continue and keep on this path. Follow the yellow brick road. Keep going and keep doing what you're doing because you definitely have a purpose, a mission, and you're driving that force. And that's amazing. Thank you. And you keep doing the same. Thank you. Corel. I love asking this question to my guests as well. This is the last question. Okay. When, the, when the pages of your life are reviewed and your mission here on the planet Earth is over, what do you most want to be remembered for? Living life to the fullest. Um, yes. Yeah. I never want to be on my deathbed saying, I wish I did this. Mm. I never want to have regrets. I want to do everything that I set out to do because that is why I'm here, you know? Um, and I don't want to ever change that. So at mm. the end of the day, I do want to leave as an inspiration. But if anything, if they have one last word to say is that she lived her fullest life. Wow. I love that too. I love it. But you know, you've already achieved your intention. You're doing that right now. You are living your intention yeah. and you're walking in your gift and your purpose. And you're going to be remembered for it because you're already doing it. You're already there. <laughs> yes. Well, Corel, it's been a blessing, an honor, and a privilege to interview you today. I'm going to wrap up the interview with Corel, but I do want to let my audience members know that this week was a very busy week for me. I was a guest speaker at a charity event uh, honoring people who have fallen from suicide, and they created a documentary, a very short documentary film about me, about my life, and there's another gentleman by the name of Greg who lost his son to suicide. So the two of us are featured in this short video that I wanna show my audience. So if you guys are have a few more minutes, I'd like for you to stay with me and watch this video as we exit the interview for this week. So just give me a few minutes to share my screen and Corel, if you could stay, I would. I would. <laughs> okay, one moment, I'm gonna play this. Okay, one moment. My father was an amazing guy. 
He had an infectious laugh. His spirit was magnetic. He would walk into a room with 100 people and he would be the smartest person in the entire room. He was a radio TV broadcast engineer for many years, born and raised in the city of Detroit. And he went on to college to pursue his dreams of becoming a, a basketball star. He was the shortest point guard on the team, but he could dunk with either hand. My son Ryan was a United States Marine. He was a sergeant. He was a combat engineer and uh, was supporting the uh, Marine Air Wing in Iraq. And a very fun guy and uh, very well loved. One of the enlisted men who had served in Ryan's platoon in San Diego. Well, his exact words is Ryan. Ryan took good care of us. He was very creative, very handy, and something didn't need fixing. He would take it apart and make it better. So that, that was his nickname, is Mr. Fix-It. Looking back, there were definitely warning signs that my dad was ready to end his own life. One thing that my father used was a lot of humor to mask his pain. So he would always make jokes about suicide, and I never knew that there was a level of truth to his sarcasm. And I, I wish I had known that his pain was that deep. That's one of the curses of, of being a, a survivor is, is that hindsight is twenty twenty. He said he was having strange thoughts. I, I pushed very hard for him to work with the VA Candidly, people are surviving wars now that, that never would have in the past, and the VA doesn't know how to deal with them. If I were the uh, Secretary of Defense for the day, I would institute a reverse boot camp. That soldier needs to be deconstructed and equipped to go into civilian life, and that's just not happening. I do believe that there are a lot of ways and educational resources to help people prevent suicide but I don't believe that a lot of people are aware of what those educational resources are. As advocates, we need to work harder at letting people know where the help is available. Suicide is a unique form of death. When you go to a survivor of suicide loss group like Kevin Song, you're with a community of people that have a common experience. It's an opportunity to have an informed discussion with people that are on the same path as, as you. For those who have lost someone, I would encourage them to shift your attention from grieving what you've lost to celebrating the time that you had with your loved one. And I make a point every Sunday, I, I, I talk to Ryan. So I, I find a, a, a picture on my phone of him doing something that makes me smile and, and we have a chat. It's easier for the human mind to accept guilt than accept helplessness. What I am doing personally to manage my pain is I created a podcast in his honor. So every Saturday morning when I wake up, it's like I'm on my way to a therapy session. I'm able to feel better about his passing it helps me feel as if I can go on another day because I believe 
that my dad should be remembered for the way he lived and not the way he passed away. Gail soon became a guest on my podcast. And from there, my relationship with Gail started. Gail and her husband, John, trusted me with their sacred mission, and I'm here to help them fulfill the mission of putting an end to suicide. Thank you all so much for being here this week. I will be back next Saturday with another episode of Speaking of Love. Corel Richards, I bow to your excellence. Thank you, my sister, for blessing my platform with your presence. If you have missed any portion of this recording, it's available on YouTube and Facebook and on all major podcast platforms. I hope you all have a beautiful week, and I'll see you back next Saturday. Bye, everyone.